So what do you think of when you think of wisdom? What springs to mind? I've got a little mood board going on to help me. Um, but is it an outdated concept? Is it something for the slower paced, the, the reflective or thinking kind? Of? <laughs> um, or, or is it actually desirable? Is it revered and critical to our everyday decisions? Well, let's start here. How do you respond to some of these questions in your day-to-day life? Um, how many drinks is one too many? Am I being diligent in doing this extra work or just trying to prove myself? Am I being gracious or letting people walk all over me? Am I being indulgent in taking this holiday or just enjoying the good things of life? Is it unhelpful for me to watch Game of Thrones or Darren Brown? Or am I actually just sheltering myself from seeing unpleasant things and different different ways of thinking? Am I being friendly or flirtatious? Am I stealing if I miss my train and just hop on the next one? Question I've asked myself many times from the train toilets. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, And is it selfish or murdering to take the morning after pill? or just what's best for everyone involved? Is divorce always harmful, or sometimes freeing and releasing? Are same-sex relationships always outside of God's will? In all of these situations, rules often just don't cut it. In fact, in these situations, using blanket rules and blindly following them can cause more harm than good. This is why we need wisdom. Wisdom is our guide through the grey areas. Wisdom is more than a rule book or a moment of enlightenment. It's more like a moral compass, as it were, that guides our words and actions. So whether we realise it or not, we all exercise wisdom in some form. It's just the, the way, the type of wisdom that we apply which differs. So James makes it clear that we're in the habit of using two, or using wisdom, the word wisdom, to refer to two opposing concepts. Let's clear this up. The first... Um, is godly wisdom. So we call, we use this word wisdom to refer to godly wisdom that comes from heaven, um, which is pure and divine in nature. But we also use the same word wisdom to describe earthly wisdom, which is unspiritual and devilish. So although these definitions reveal a stark contrast between the two, in life they often muddle together and it's never so obvious. James gives us two criteria to separate the two out. Um, so wisdom, so the motivations of our wisdom and the fruit that it produces. In practice, one is humble and seeks the good of others, whilst the other is self-seeking and envious. Think Jesus versus the Pharisees, or even Mother Teresa versus the fortune teller. One produces mercy and all kinds of good fruit whilst the other heads towards disorder and all kinds of evil practice, as James says. So as we navigate these grey areas in our day-to-day situations, um, and even grey areas, are we trying to look like the best person, or the most knowledgeable, or even the coolest? Or are we headed towards the way of wisdom? So as Miriam was challenging us, let's just turn that mirror back towards ourselves, so it's here even... Um, are the words we're giving out headed towards the way of wisdom? And so, if godly wisdom 
Or if, if godly wisdom is opposite to our more natural default of earthly wisdom, how on earth get it, uh, do we access it and live it out? First, we must posture ourselves to be able to receive it. The first step is humbly recognising that wisdom doesn't originate in us, but wisdom, is, wisdom belongs to and originates in God. If it is wise, it is from him. So godly wisdom is no more ours when we have uttered it or acted it out than the air is ours when we've breathed it. And within this, we must also trust that God knows better than we do. So we trust his wisdom instead of inventing our own, which then becomes earthly wisdom. This isn't to say that people that don't know God don't have wisdom. I have many friends who have incredible wisdom, but they just don't know the source of their wisdom. So for God's wisdom is not swayed by the opinions of others. He doesn't need advice and he doesn't accumulate wisdom from experience or, um, or knowledge as he goes along. He is entirely good and perfectly just all the time. And so in this way, this constant and unchanging wisdom that somehow bends and adapts to fit each situation perfectly guides us through our grey area situations. So wisdom, or godly wisdom, is more like a centre of gravity than a measuring stick or a rule book. Because it's constant in and of itself, and we have to constantly change our posture um, in response to the forces acting on us and in, and in response to our circumstances in order to keep it as our centre point and guide. So then, secondly, to live this out, God invites us all, God invites all of us to be wise and understanding. Jesus says in Matthew 11 that he's hidden the secrets of the kingdom from the wise and the learned and revealed them to little children. It's an open invite. And in James 1, it's not even an invitation but an instruction. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. So when we ask, because this is something God wants to give to us, in faith, we receive. But although we can receive the gift of wisdom, it's not pre-prepared and ready off the shelf. Our third step is to test it out. So wisdom is a strong theme and it's highly revered throughout the Bible. Psalms and Proverbs and Ecclesiastes and Song of Solomon are even referred to as wisdom literature. Wisdom is also often personified, like in Psalm 34, where the poetry of the psalm describes her as an old woman gathering the children around her rocking chair to listen. Come, my children, listen to me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. And again in Proverbs 2, it says, Wisdom calls out. Um, she raises her voice in the public square. So for our daily grey area situations, we've got to chat to the Spirit. It's a conversation. Be like these children, asking all the silly and awkward and tricky questions. Listening to the wisdom of the Spirit and working it out with Him. We do this as we read the Bible, and we do this in our daily lives. So we're able to improvise with the truths of the Bible, translating them into our um, grey area situations or to whoever may we may be talking to. As Jesus explained to the people of his time in Luke 7, 
He says, John the Baptist came neither eating bread nor drinking wine. And you say, he has a demon. The Son of Man has come eating and drinking. And you say, look, a glutton and a wine bibber, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is proved right by all her children. So the actions and words of godly wisdom are not defined. They're not pre predetermined, as it were, but are revealed in the truth that it produces. They produce pure, good fruit. So we practice dialoguing with the Spirit, as Jesus did, questioning our motives and testing our fruit. Because as Miriam was saying, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So here's a practical example of asking the deeper, kind of silly questions, wrestling with this through with the Spirit. One you can even try out at home. Um, so back in GCSE times, when I'd fallen out with a friend and was just finding everything that she said really annoying, um, I drew myself a little flowchart to work out why I was annoyed. Um, <laughs> as you do. <laughs> um, so I just wrote anger at the top and then went on to what was underneath the anger and realised I was actually feeling hurt. So then I traced back to work out what she'd said or done that had hurt me. And as I got to the end of my little chart, I realised it was actually just a really small thing that she'd said that I'd built up in my head and taken the wrong way. So I prayed, just sat there in my science class to forgive her, and genuinely wasn't annoyed with all the things she with all the things she said anymore by the time we left the class. So this is obviously an oversimplified example, but this is how or it's, well, it's just a simple example, really. But this is how it can play out in our lives. And as we dialogue with the Spirit in our day-to-day situations, we can measure our grey areas up to the truth, up to the truth of the Spirit, so they become clearer and we can navigate our way through them. So let's practice asking God in our lives, in those situations where we're not sure what we feel, why we're feeling it, what we're doing, what He hears, what He sees, what he is saying, what he is doing. So that under pressure and in our daily grey area situations, what comes out is godly wisdom. So we are headed in the way of wisdom. Wisdom is a gift we receive and it's a skill we practice. So we first posture ourselves to receive it, then we ask for it and test it out. 